First John chapter three. Let's start at verse number eleven. First John chapter three, verse eleven. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of the wicked one and slew his brother. And wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. And whosoever hated his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer have eternal life abiding in him. Precious Lord, thank you for the word. Thank you for the prayer. Thank you for the songs. Father God, please be with us as we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and him crucified, Father God. Give us boldness, clarity, strength, and power from above, Father God, to deliver your word. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Read a lot of verses. Don't know how far I'm, I'm going to get because I'm not really concerned about that. I'm just going to go. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning that we should love one another. How about that? That we should love one another. What's John talking about? He said, this is the message that we have heard from the beginning. John, John is a circular preacher. I was saying he, he's circular and he's constantly talking about love. Matter of fact, one of John's names that Jesus gave him, he was the, he was the apostle that Jesus loved. Okay? And we know that God is love. We know that God is love. How do we know that? Because the word of God says it. God is love. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. God is love. And in, in, in verse number one is saying that we should, we have heard this message. I mean, matter of fact, we've understood this message. You ever met somebody? Some of y'all have been in church a long, a long time. And, 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 and they'll say, they'll say, that's not a loving church. Okay. Why, why would somebody say that? Usually, usually they'll say that if somebody in their family dies or they have a wedding or they have a, a, a something like that and nobody from the church shows up, why would nobody show up? Think about that. Think about this. Okay? I, now, when I look around here today, okay, folks going to show up. Y'all hear me say it all the time. Folks gonna show up. You need to have somebody. You need to have somebody that's gonna make you some greens and make you some macaroni and cheese. Okay, gonna make you some, gonna make you some uh, chicken wings or whatever. Cause, cause, cause you're part of that 
family. Usually people who say that ain't a loving church are really not a part of it. I look at it like this. We family. Okay. Amen. One of y'all die. That's a, I may not get three days off. Right? But a family member passed away. That's how I used to tell my job. When, when people passed away and, and they would ask me, I, I would say, I, I won't be here tomorrow because I have a family member passed away. And it'd be somebody from the church. Amen. Okay. People who, who when, when Jesus said we ought to love one another, what he means. Think about that word. Think about it tightly because I had to really process this thing. Think about what that word is saying. He said we ought to love one another. Think about that. It's, it's a little more to it than it says on the surface. We ought to love one another. That love should, should go to you and it ought to come back to me. When Jeremy is having his season, I need to love him in his season. I don't know what that may be. Maybe a good season, maybe a bad season. He may be going through some stuff. Then I have to love him. And then when, when I'm going through, he's going to love me. We're going to love one another. We're going to continually love one another. Through the ups, through the downs. See, we, we, we live in a culture today, we, we just quit. We, we just quit, we get, we get upset, you know, it's like a microwave or a sweeper. How many, of, how, many got, how many of us got more than one sweeper and one of them don't work? Just sit there, you don't use it. See, but that's how we live in a culture where well, it ain't no good no more. And we just throw stuff away, relationships. Okay, friendships, we don't, we, ain't got to, we don't put that in it no more. Okay? But some of us have been close for a long time. Me and Sylvia go through, she ain't leaving me. <laughs> Kara, that's how we communicate. She get mad and uh, yeah. Chester told her before he left, he said, you ain't never leaving that church with me. <laughs> Y'all understand what I mean? Love one another. Now I call Christine. I say, Christine, I got something. You want to try it? You, you know, it don't matter. I'm gonna call her up and 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 check on her, my buddy. And we got some folks that's going through. Mm-hmm. And we got some folks that's going through. Let me keep going with that. He said, "This is the message that we've heard from the beginning." Now, now, remember who John was. I already said it. He was a disciple that Jesus loved. What did Jesus teach his disciples? What did he teach? What was, his, what was one of his major teachings that he taught his disciples? And the disciples are learners. He taught them what? To love one another. Let me give you some scripture. John 13, 34. He says this. This is Jesus speaking. He said, a new commandment I give unto you. Here we go. That you love one another. I'm going to talk about love a little bit. So we don't talk about love enough. We don't talk about love enough. I'm going to talk about love today. Okay. He says that you love one another. How? How, Jesus? You want to know somebody love you? You look to the Lord. How, how did Jesus love us? 
Watch this. As I have loved you. How did Jesus love us? Say that. To death. To death. Y'all know. Y'all know I beat. I, listen, I beat them boys up so bad. They talk to me. You know, they talk to me. I said, listen, listen. Husbands. Love your wife. Okay. How? Like Christ loved the church. Get some marriage counselor. Jeremy already know him and Columbus. How? How did he love the church? Took them nails, didn't he? That what you said this morning, Columbus? He took them nails. Took that spittle. Took that abuse. Took that scourging. Carried that cross down to Villa Del Rosa. Wasn't scared to get on it. Don't let nobody, sir. Don't let nobody tell you he was scared. Don't even let nobody tell you he needed help. He didn't say he needed help. He was going to get to the, he was getting the Calvary. They didn't have to call the, the Cyrenian to help him. He was going to get there. Okay. He says, by this all men shall know that ye are my disciples if you have loved one to another. Okay. It ain't about how you dress. It ain't about what kind of car you drive. It ain't about the, it ain't about how you sing. And all that, all that don't mean nothing if you don't want love one another. Let me, let me, let me give you one of the disciples because Peter got it. Peter got it because he repeats it too. Watch what he says. Here's Peter, First Peter one twenty two. He says, "Seeing that you have purified your souls." In obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brother. Unfeigned love on the brother. Serious love. See that you love one another. How Peter? With a pure heart. With a pure heart. Fervently. Fervently. That's some serious stuff. Y'all know Paul. Y'all know I, I, I really couldn't do this without bringing in Paul, because I love Paul. And you know, if anybody talk about love, people say, well, Paul, Paul wasn't a real loving guy. He was, no, no, no. Paul talked about love. Matter of fact, Paul wrote the chapter of love. He wrote, he wrote 1 Corinthians 13. But he says this to the Thessalonians. He says this to the Thessalonians when he was teaching them. Now, he's teaching this church. A bunch of folks that didn't know the Lord, Paul's teaching them initially, he says, but as touching brotherly love. You need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God, what Paul, to love one another. Okay? We, we, we are taught that. Let me give you a word. Let me give you another verse. From the beginning. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews 10 and... 23. Watch this. We got to get all the way through Hebrews chapter 10 because I, 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 we was talking about it this morning in Sunday school and, 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 and folks is leaving. Folks is leaving. Folks are coming up with all kinds of reasons why they, they can't come to church. And I'm not saying that many of them aren't legit. But there's a danger in not coming to church. There's folks saying, well, you don't need the church. You the church. You don't need to go to church. Listen, how are we going to love one another? This is where we meet. This is where the people of God meet to what? To love one another, to share. Y'all wouldn't have heard Columbus praying this morning if y'all don't show up. 
You ain't hearing the word of God. I hear people, oh, you know, if you don't go to church, it's hard to hear the word of God. You can listen on the radio to Chuck Swindell or one of them guys that come on at 3.30 or 4 o'clock. But it's nothing like coming to church on Sunday morning. Okay? Nothing like it. Matter of fact, David David said in Psalms 122 when he was out in the wilderness all them years and all he could think about was going to church. All David could think about was going to church. He's talking about a man after God's own heart. David wrote, I was glad. He said, I was glad. When they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord to be, to be taught, not to be entertained, not to be entertained. That, that entertainment stuff get old, okay? Paul says, or the writer of Hebrews said, in Hebrews 10, 20, he said, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Hold fast, hold fast. Okay. He said, let us, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to do good works. I heard this when I listened to Columbus this morning. Let us provoke unto love and to good works. We, it's, it's some work to do. It's some work to do. The devil busy. The devil outworking the church. Amen. Okay. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, it says, and Satan has his ministers. Okay. They have, he have his, and they and they pushing his agenda. They pushing his agenda. I be hearing this stuff. That's why I came up with it. You know, they come at me all the time with it. Listen, I, I, I'm just gonna be steadfast. I'm not buying that, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna die not buying that. If I have to die by myself, which I will, I'm not gonna buy that. Watch what he says, verse twenty-five. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get out. I'm gonna get out of this. Not forsaking. Okay. And Christine, you weren't forsaken the assembly of God when you weren't coming to church. It's just it's not talking about you. Because I know your heart wanted to be here. And if you'd have had transportation and some way to get here, you would have been here. Okay? So it's not talking about it's talking about a person who I don't need it no more. Okay? Not forsaken the assembly of ourselves together as a matter of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. If y'all don't see the day approaching, shame on you. Stevie Wonder see it approaching. Okay. You do. This is the message that you heard from the beginning that we, that we, the people of God, should love one another. Let's talk about that love. I, I want to go, I want to go to the next verse. I may have to just save it to the next week, but if we don't understand the type of love that God Invested in us when he died on the cross. We want to know how to work it. You're, you, I got a big ceiling fan at home. I bought it. Got to put it up. I got to put it up. It just, it just came this week, but I got to put it up. Okay. But if I have no idea, if it, if I open it up and it don't come with any instructions, I'm gonna have a hard time putting it up. Okay. And maybe I want it's just a ceiling fan, but if it was something else. Okay, that you need, you know, you know, you get a table and something. You got fifteen hundred pieces and stuff. You've done that. You mentioned most of us have been there. Some of the Christmas toys you put together for your kids, you'd be like, "Oh boy, if she get on that, all the wheels gonna blow off." Okay, so we need to understand the type of love that God has put in us. Then, then you realize why you don't have what you need to have to go out into these streets. 
because you're preaching something different here. You better have some different kind of love up in you to go out and get in the face of some of these folks that don't that hate the things of God and hate you Amen. for bringing it. Okay, serious stuff. And you try to minister to people that hate that hate you with the wrong kind of love. It's hard. Let me let me talk about God's love. Let me talk about God's. Let me give you, let me give you a, a verse. When I say the word definite, okay, definite, the, the love of God is definite. It, I mean, it is, it, it is pointed at something, okay? It is definite, and, and it is clear-cut. It is fixed. It is sure. It is unmovable, unmistakable. It's obvious to everybody that may come into contact with it. Something different about this brother. Something different about this sister. You know what's different about us? Got something real in us. Got some God's love in us. Amen. Okay. And now, now we'll we'll look at John three sixteen. But I think sometimes we miss the rest of it. I'm always I'm reminded sometimes seventeen eighteen is just as powerful as sixteen of John of John three. Well, watch what it says. And when I say that, watch what it says, and 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 see if you can pull out the very fact that it is unmistakable. It is obvious. It is clear. What type of love this is? It's not man can't generate this. You're not gonna find this on a web, on a dating site, okay? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And all of us in here have children, okay? Which one would you give? Which one would you give for this filthy, crazy world we live in? Think about that. Think about that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now it gets good. Now if we get to the next level of this love. He says, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. Huh? So when we're going out, we're going out into the world. We're not going out into the world to condemn the world because we was once of the world. We was once out there. We was once doing the same things. Okay? God didn't call us to condemn the world. But that the world, what? Through him might be saved. Might be saved. Might be saved. We ain't gonna get them all. Remember I tell you a story about the little, little boys at the beach? He's at the beach. Tide that came in. All the starfish was came up, and the seagulls was coming down feasting on all the starfish. And they was, and then if the seagulls didn't get them, the sun would burn them up and they would die. And the little boy was walking down, picking them up, throwing them back in the water. And one by one, thousands of them had came up. Old man said, "You're not gonna save them all." He said, "I ain't trying to save them all, but I save this one." Amen. Okay, save this one. Cindy, Cindy had that conversation with me the other day. Just, just the other day, all these little kids, all these little kids in foster care, no parents, father in jail, mother on drugs, and this, all these kids. Look, they're running around. Okay. And she said, there's so many of them. I said, well, just do what God called you to do. Amen. Okay. Just take care of you one or two. Take care of you one or two. You don't know. You never know. You never know. 
They ain't gonna all call you from jail. God's love. God's love is unmistakable. It's unmistakable. God's love not only is unmistakable, but it is it is decisive. It, it, it has a plan. It has a plan. God ain't gonna give you love. You say, I don't know what to do with this love. No, no. God's God, when God gives you his love, he has a plan for you to do the same thing with it that he did. Think about that. Look at look what he says in John 15. Now he's talking to his disciples. He says, 15.9 John, as the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Talk to the disciples. Continue ye in my love. Know what you are? Know what we are? We talk about know what we are? Disciples. That's all we are. We're disciples. So to know what a disciple is? Someone who's trying to learn. Now, some Christians are entertainers because they don't, they don't want to learn. They just want to be entertained. This is, so there's a difference now. But, but, but if you're sitting here with me, I'm not going to entertain you unless you entertained by me stumbling over words every once in a while. But I want you to be strong. And I want you to be courageous. And I want you to know what this stuff means. Me and Mark are be going over this stuff. Faith, what? Faith and justification. Justification by faith. We've been just talking about that for seem like the last month. Time we get done, we're going to understand you cannot be justified without faith. And faith is your believing in the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Okay? So, so we're going to learn, and a disciple learn, and Jesus said, after you learn, and while you're learning, continue ye in my love. Be decisive about it. Don't be swayed. Don't let nobody move you. Don't let nobody, don't let nobody change your mind. Because folks don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. But you duty bound. And you have to be deliberate. Folks didn't want Jesus to go to the cross. They didn't want Jesus to die on the cross. But guess what? He was deliberate. Wasn't going to stop him. Wasn't going to stop him. Watch what he says. Watch what he says. He says in John 13, 1, it says, now, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father. Think about that. He knew that his time had come and it was time for him to go to the cross to die for the sins of the world. Did he, did he, did he, did he stumble? Did he waver? No. Watch this. Having loved his own, this is the word of God. Having loved his own, which were in the world, us, he loved them unto the end. Until the end. Never stop. We talk about Hebrews, and we, our Easter message, we talk about Hebrews 12, and, and Jesus said, For the joy that was set before him. What did he do? The Bible says he endured the pain, the cross, the suffering for the joy. He called it a joy. He called it a joy. I, I, here, 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 let, me, let me give you another verse. I'm going to make sure you all understand being deliberate because it's going to cost you something. 
The minute, the minute you say you are saved, the minute you say you've been born again, the minute you say you filled with the Spirit of God, the minute you say that you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you, you, just, you ain't going to sit on your hands. They got the NFL draft. They got the NFL draft coming up next week or the week after. Listen, ain't nobody getting drafted that ain't planning on playing. Okay? If they draft you, okay, they have a, they have a, a plan for you. They ain't drafting you to pay you a $2 million a, 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 a year to sit on, your, on, on, on the bench. They drafting you so you can get out there and gear up and, and, and make a difference. That's why they run you and train you. Them, them guys are the best athletes in the world. But ain't nobody getting drafted saying, I don't want to play. I just want to get drafted. Don't work like that. Here's, 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 here's Jesus he, he already know what his assignment was. This was this is fascinating to me. I thought, you know, you, you, Wednesday night crowd, y'all get all this all the time. Here's Jesus and John in Mark 10, 32 and 33. 33 says this. It said, behold, we go up to Jerusalem. Here's Jesus with his disciples. He said, we go up to Jerusalem. The son of man shall be delivered unto the chief priest and unto the scribe, and they shall condemn him to death, and they shall deliver him to the Gentiles, and they shall mock him and scourge him and spit upon him and shall kill him. And what was Jesus' response? In the third day, he said, he shall rise again. That's kind of love. That's kind of love that we have in us. Okay. Honestly, honestly, is you still back there? She's a jealous little girl. She don't like nobody. She don't like nobody. She don't want to be the only one in the house. She want everybody's attention. She don't want nobody. She don't like them little kids. We thought it was we thought it was the other girl. We thought it was Shailene. We said, well, you don't like Shailene because she's a white girl. You don't like her. No, no, no. It ain't it ain't Shailene. It ain't she don't want nobody around. She wants the whole house to herself. She wants to be the center of attention. And I thought about this when I was putting the sermon together. I thought about, thought about honesty. Because me and her was talking about the word jealous yesterday. But, but our God. All right, come on our God is what? He's a jealous God. Now, as much as I like playing golf. I was listening to the masters on the radio yesterday. And he was about, he in the fade. He hitting the fade. He in the cutter. He's, he has, you know, he got to get up and down from the bunker on the short side. I knew all that stuff, man. I thought I was, I thought I was a tiger. Took that stuff away from me. He good, took that. He took my golf. Uh, I ain't picked up a club. Been ten years. Thank you, I was playing my best golf. I was playing my best golf ever down in Florida. I'm, I mean, let's see. You know, you serious? You going to Florida to play golf? <laughs> Market. I was going to Florida, North Carolina. I mean, I was going, I was going playing at the top resorts and stuff. I was like, Tiger. <laughs> had my Nike hat on. I mean, I you know, I you know how I did it. I had the Nike shoes, the red shirt. Y'all say, you, you ain't you ain't playing golf and preaching for me. Man, I couldn't hit the ball. Took that away. I'm like, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. You jealous. And I found the scripture to, to back it up. Because we serve a jealous God. Okay? We serve a jealous God. And, 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 and I'm talking about biblical jealousy. Okay? Cindy jealous too. 
I don't even think like that. She jealous. But let me let me let me give you the verse because I want you to understand how God operates in us and what's operating in us. When we come to the Lord, this all this stuff gotta be true to you. Okay? So when you pray and you say, you know, Lord, make what that man's saying, make it, make it true to me. Because jealous and, and jealous really means intolerant of any rivalry or unfaithfulness. That's what the definition of jealous means. Any unfaithfulness, any rivalry. No, no, nobody wants I don't want it. I tease y'all about the kids hanging out with Cindy and all that, but you know, you you as, as men, we just as jealous as women. Don't, 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 don't say you're not. Well, we don't want nobody talking about it. Listen, I used to go to a church. Back when me and Cindy first got married, we were going to church. I, I said, you put your hand out. You ain't hugging all these brothers. Amen. <laughs> I don't know. If Cindy didn't want the women hugging on me, they'd be hugging on me. I was all swole. <laughs> they'd be like, ooh, you work out. I was like, Yeah, but, 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 but it goes on and you got to be careful. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Mark, I'm going to talk around. I'll hug you in this church once this pandemic is over. <laughs> Let me give you the verse, 2 Corinthians 11. I, that's, I, 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 really enjoy, I really enjoy talking about talking about jealousy because we serve a jealous God. Because, listen what he says. He says, would to God you should bear, could bear with me a little while in my folly and indeed bear with me. Watch this now. Here's God. For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I have espoused unto you one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. God wants our, he wants everything for us. He wants, he wants, he wants everything for us. He wants us to be serious to, 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 in our worship to Jesus Christ. He wants us to be serious. I think we scattered all over. We scattered all over. Sometimes I have to even myself get focused. I get, I get too, I get too much stuff going on. You get too much stuff going on and it's hard to be serious about your relationship with the Lord. But we have a relationship with the Lord. And a matter of fact, let me tell you something. He's jealous. And he'll shut you down. He'll shut you down. And you get caught up and then you get caught doing too much, you know, involved too much, doing too much, you know, whatever it is, whatever your thing is. Could be, could be playing video games, could be watching TV, could be golfing, fishing, all that. Be careful with stuff you allow into your life. Because God is a jealous God. And he ain't called us to sit on the sideline now. Columbus, Columbus preached that thing this morning to y'all already now. I'm telling you. I know there's a reason why Deacon Jeremy and myself said, look, Columbus prayed that he's going he to he say something. It's going to mean something to us. Think about the love we have in us. Y'all hear me all the time. I, I say all the time as Christians, we ought to be the toughest people in the world. And I think one of the problems with a lot of people, especially from working in the prison all them years, a lot of people looked at Christians as soft. They looked at Christians as really just, just almost 
too too soft. And you know, I say Jesus with the long hair and dancing through the tulips, and he t- he wasn't like that. Amen. Where do we go wrong with that? I believe the church has been feminized. I really do. I believe, you know, I believe because the church is, is made up of 70, 80 percent women, a lot of pastors gear their messages to, to their base, to their audience. And, 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 and when you do that, you run a lot of the old strong men away because the message is too soft. And truth be told, most women don't want to hear no soft message. But men, if the preachers don't know the difference, they don't understand. Well, you know what? Listen, you better toughen that thing up. Because Christianity is for tough folks. And if you're going to make it in this world as a Christian, if you're going to be successful as a Christian, if you're going to reach lost soul, you're not going to do it by being soft. Then skinned, soft. Listen, I got two verses here. I got two verses here. Here's 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 Paul teaching. He's teaching Titus three. These are the pastoral epistles. He's teaching Titus what needs to be taught. He said, "Titus, teach it like this." Okay. So so Titus is trying to reach lost folks. He's trying to reach lost folks, and and most of us know lost folks. And we know lost folks don't want to hear it. Know how we know? Because we were lost and we didn't want to hear it. So Paul is saying, I don't care if they want to hear it or not. You didn't want to hear it. And now you teach it. So Paul saying to Titus in Titus 3, 3, he says this. He says, for we ourselves. This is Paul. What was one of Paul's names? What did he call himself? Chief Okay. Nobody said like Paul. Paul said, I was chief sinner. So, so when Paul says, for we ourselves, everybody in here, okay? Mm-hmm. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish. I ain't gonna have enough hands. Maybe I'll just put up fingers for all the ones that hit me. Amen. Okay? For we ourselves were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lusts, pleasures, living in malice, envy, hateful, hating one another. How many of yours, Margaret? Two? <laughs> okay. See, I love you, but 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 see, we we there, foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving, di- serving, serving diverse lust. That word "serving" means we was a slave to it. Okay, when that diverse lust said, "Hey, more water over here." Fill up the coffee. Can I get you something else? Can I? We just served lust. We just served divers' love. That word divers mean all types of it. You, you ever be riding around Youngstown and riding by places you done done some stuff at? Ain't glad it's toe down. 
the only one that you just ride by a neighborhood where you know who. Just get bad feelings. I know y'all. See, I know I got the right crowd here now. Ain't by myself. Claire was here. Claire, I hope you're listening. Claire used to tell me that's a place where they call it Tropic. What's with the tropics on the south side? Okay. All that living in malice and envy and hateful, hateful. Hateful. Now this is all the past. Now, none, of, none, of, none of us are like this anymore. Amen. Now we, we just can't we, we just can't be known as hateful. Okay? Hating one another. Okay. I, I've, I've been to churches. I'm gonna be honest with you. One side of the church, like this side over here, they didn't like the pastor. So they would sit over here. And on this side of the church, the folks that like the pastor. That's a real, that's a real story. I, I, that was a church like that I went to. And I said, and, and I asked the preacher, I said, what's, what's up with that? Oh, that's how I like me. That's how I don't. See, see, here's why that can't be. Because here, here's something happened. See, see, something happened to you when you got saved. Well, we live in a world, we live in a world today where folks get saved, nothing happened. You, see, you understand what I'm saying? People are getting saved, and then, then nothing's happening. They just, well, I, I accepted Christ today. No, no. What happened to you when you accepted Christ? Okay? Something had to happen. You cannot receive the Holy Spirit into your world and then not just, just change it dramatically. Okay? You cannot receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and just go on a merry way. I'd rather you, know, I'd rather you not get saved. I'd rather you not talk about being saved because when you get saved, something crazy happens to you. Okay? Something crazy happens. Stuff you never thought you'd stop doing, you just stop. You don't even know why. You'd be like, what happened? Okay? Watch this there. Watch what he says. I'm going to read it again because I'm going to stop on this verse. I'm going to stop. I'm not going to keep going today. Watch this. Here's Paul again. I'm going to go all the way. Then I'm going to stop at verse number four and five and maybe six. Stay with me. For we ourselves, all of us in here and everybody listening to me on Facebook and everybody that's going to download the sermon on Sermon Audio. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But... After that, the kindness and the love of our Savior toward man appeared. Why did he appear? Because he's a God of grace and he's a God of mercy. Watch this now. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. Amen. We were sinking deep in sin. Far from the peaceful shore. Okay. We weren't looking for God. We was happy sinking. Amen. We were like the people on the Titanic, and, and they were just playing along. And the ship had tilted over, and they were still playing. That was us. When I watched that, Karina made me go see that movie. That's the last one I time I've been to the drive, and we watched that about four hours long, seemed like it. But 
<laughs> when I seen that part, I was like, that's us. I remember <laughs> they, hey, they got the band going and the ship is tilted down, going down. That's how we were. So I say, speak for yourself. That's how I was. Watch this now. Why did y'all, why did, why did God show up? Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according, here we go, Sylvia. This is why we ought to be, this is why we ought to be rejoicing. This is why the Christian folks ought to be rejoicing. We ought to be so happy and we ought to be loving the fact that we are Christians because everybody don't get it. Amen. We are in a select group, okay? We, we like members of Augusta, you know? You got the greatest golf course in the world. We, it's, it's, it's only a certain amount of members, and you got to be you got to be well off to be a member of the Augusta Masters Golf Club. But we we, we belong to a greater club than that. Amen. Okay, we we are part of God's family. Okay, not based on anything we've done. Okay, not a, not by works of righteousness we have done. Watch this. But according. To his mercy, he saved us. How? By the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly. How? Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. You know what Paul was saying? But God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were what? Dead in sins have quickened us together with Christ for by grace are you saved. Boy, I got so much more. That's all I'm going to do. That's all I'm going to do. I wish I could say, anybody got any questions? We'll talk about it. Precious Lord, thank you. Thank you for another day. Thank you for another Sunday morning, Father God. Thank you for the very fact that you saved us, not by work, any works that we have done, but by your grace and your mercy. You threw us the lifeline, Father God, when we were sinking deep in sin and didn't care nothing about you, your church, or your people, but your mercy was so great that you saved us. Now, Father God, we just want to say thank you. We're going to leave here today, Father God. We're going to go out to a crazy world that's sinking. And we're going to throw out the lifeline. We're going to tell somebody today about a God that can save you and deliver you and fill you with his power. Father God, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Mm-hmm.